seventh state on this day. It was named in honor of England's Charles I Queen Henrietta Maria. Maryland's capital city, Annapolis, is the home of the U.S. Naval Academy. Maryland, the free state or the old line state, calls the black-eyed Susan its state flower. The Baltimore Orioles, not only the state's baseball team, but also the state birds. 1789, there truly was a mutiny on the bounty. A rebel crew took over the British ship and set sail to Pitcairn Island. 1937, the first animated cartoon electric sign was displayed on a building on Broadway in New York City. The sign was the creation of Douglas Lee. It consisted of several thousand light bulbs and presented a four-minute show that featured a cavorting horse and ball-tossing cats. (laughs) 1939, imagine a car that sold for $325. It was 10 feet long, had an 80-inch wheelbase and a four-gallon gas tank. Well, we just described the Crosley, which was offered for sale in the U.S. for the first time on this date in 39. The Crosley became fairly popular, but it didn't survive, one of the reasons. The war effort got underway and auto manufacturing was cut back for defense needs. And after World War II, people wanted luxury and size in their automobiles. They wanted family-sized cars. The little Crosley fought an uphill battle and was replaced less than 15 years later by the soon popular German Volkswagen Bug. That's a look at Today in History here on 89.3 FM WMKV along with Mike Martini. I'm George Zahn. Thank you, George. In traffic right now, we have a couple of accidents, in uh, one in Kentucky, uh, northbound 75 at Turfway. It's an overturned car and the right lanes are blocked. But on the Ohio side, an accident northbound 71 at the Norwood Merge. Uh, Not blocking in the lanes, but between the lanes at the entrance ramp. Queen City at White and Federal at Gunway over across the street from the plaza on the West Mills Plaza. And also disabled cars, 75 northbound north of 74. The left lane is blocked. Your forecast tonight, clear skies tonight will get down to about 38 degrees. And then uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 72. Sunny on Friday with a high around 80. And then Saturday, some rain. 60% chance on Saturday and Sunday. And then 30% chance on Monday. But daytime highs should remain in the 70s or upper 60s all the way through next Wednesday. Right now, we're at uh, 68 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the nation's public radio source for no-hype, down-to-earth real estate investing advice. And I simply cannot let the month of April pass without mentioning that this is Real Life Real Estate Investing's 14th anniversary on the air 14 years. We started out in 
April of 1996 in an every other week half hour spot. And I have no idea how we do that because we can't get through all the questions now in an hour in a week. In every going every week, but uh, it's uh, it's been a it's been a good run, and uh, don't intend to end it anytime soon. And interestingly, most of the folks here at the station have been with Real Life Real Estate right from the very beginning. I know I was fifteen when when we started this uh, fourteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and some of some of our early topics uh, were things like. Um, Profits in rehab and creative finance for beginners, and we had one called the landlord from something I probably can't say on the air, and, but maybe didn't know that back then. And uh, real estate investing for women—it was uh, some some good some good early shows there on real life real estate investing. You can listen to real life real estate live on Wednesdays from five to six p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WMKVFM.org. Now, those of you who are listening live right now, if you're wondering why I'm saying this, it's because many, many, many of our listeners, thousands upon thousands of them, are downloading the shows from iTunes and probably don't even know this is a live program on a real radio station here in Cincinnati. But that is, of course, how you can call in or email in with your questions live and get those answered. So, uh, enough of a history lesson. We've got a very, very important topic today. Uh, one that you probably haven't heard a lot about, or if you have heard something about it, it's been sort of along the lines of lip service. We're going to talk about how to run your real estate business like a real business. A real business where you don't do everything all the time and other people do stuff for you. Because that is, in fact, what every real estate entrepreneur ought to be aiming at. Not at working an 80-hour week and doing lots of deals but never seeing your family. My guest today is Missy McCall-Hammonds. Missy is a frequent guest here on Real Life Real Estate Investing because... She is an expert landlord managing over 350 units right now. She's also an expert rehabber buying and rehabbing a property every single solitary week of the year. She's the past president of IPOA of Butler County and author of Landlording Without Losing Your Mind. And she's here today to explain that she does not, in fact, rehab 50 houses a year or manage 300 rental properties. And that sounds like a confession there, Missy, but you you never told anybody you did that. Absolutely not. I'd have to be Wonder Woman to make that happen. <laughs> um, I have lots of help in my business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and help uh, that is not just... Uh, I tell you to what, what to go do and you go do it. Uh, the important thing that we're going to discuss today is number number one why this should be every real estate investor's ultimate aim and number two how to go about hiring people without feeling like you're losing control of your business so let's start out by talking about let, let's start by defining the problem that most real estate investors have because uh you and i had a had a difficult time in our own businesses when we got to this point actually knowing what the problem was. I mean, we knew we were working too much. We knew there were a lot of fires that weren't being put out, but we didn't know what the problem was. What is it that most real estate investors are running across by the time they get to be like intermediate investors? 
I think their problem is that they're trying to do everything themselves, and none of us can be successful by being a one-man show long-term, because if you stop working, then your business stops and you stop making money. And the idea of going into the real estate business was to have a passive income when we retire that we can enjoy, not to keep working forever, which would be what would be required if you were the only one doing everything. So what we found to be a better solution is to develop systems in e that would allow someone else to do some of our work for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, this is not the direction most people go when, when they have the problem of, I am managing as many rental properties as I can handle, or I'm rehabbing as many properties as my contractors and I can handle, or I'm wholesaling as many properties as I can handle. They tend to define the problem as being about them and about their time management uh, capabilities. But it's really not. They'll, they'll find that they're so busy being a landlord that, gosh, if they would just go out and do some rehabs, then that would solve the problem. And that won't solve the problem. That will create a brand new problem, which gives you even less time to spend with your family. So the real solution is to find systems that will allow someone else to operate your business for you not for you to walk away from it completely, but absolutely to pass off the activities that you can teach someone else to do for you. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess I want to I want to talk a little bit about why you may be the first person that some of our listeners have ever heard say this. I mean, most most uh, most folks are out there teaching real estate, or even even people that they might be meeting at their RIA groups are not saying things like "Oh, develop systems," "Oh, hire people." They're saying, visualize, cast a green net out to the universe and the money will come. Uh, 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 you know, uh, go get this time management book because it really helped me. <laughs> why, why is it that people in the real estate business don't talk about systems and hiring and business plans and things like that? Well, they don't talk about business plans as much because it's most of our financing is done based on a property, and it's based on the property value. Uh, we're one of the few businesses out there that when you go to borrow money from a bank, they don't ask automatically for a business plan because most of the banks evaluate what they're going to loan us on the property, not on our business practices. But I think the reason why most people don't start as a business is it's not as flashy and fun and there's not a lot of people that teach it so if there's no teachers out there saying gee you should start your business like a business like a franchise for example like McDonald's you know McDonald's teaches our 16 year olds to make hamburgers the same way and we can't get them to make their beds we can also then take that same principle of building a system and teach our contractors to paint the room the same way every time or our bookkeeper to balance our checkbook the same way every time. And what building a business does then is takes those things away from you having to do them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, some of our listeners are going to recognize some of what you're saying from uh, a book that's been out for many, many years called The E-Myth uh, by, by an author named Michael Gerber. And he talks a lot about the, this whole idea of if you are a small business person, and that's what we are, you have to build your business as if you were going to franchise it, even if you are not. So in other words, you have to, uh, we don't make hamburgers, we make rehabs, okay? <laughs> For instance, you have to arrange your 
business so that that is being done in insofar as is possible exactly the same way every time. And this is where we run across problems with investors. They say, could can't be done. You know, every rehab's different. Every rental's different. Every wholesale deal is different. There's no possible way that I could create systems that somebody could follow every time. I think I might have said that to you when I was trying to decide that someone else could do my financing of my properties. I think <laughs> I said, but no one else can do it as good as I can, Vina. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, it is uh, somewhat true that that if you're rehabbing uh, an 1890s house is going to be different than rehabbing a property built in 1978. But if you really look at your business investors, there are probably some things that you do do over and over and over the same way every time. And our question to you before the break is, how would it make a difference in your life if someone else were doing those things and all you had to focus on was the stuff that was different? We are going to take a quick break. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you have any questions about running your business like a business, give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, presenting How to Apply E-Myth Principles to Your Real Estate Business on Thursday, May 6th at 7.30 p.m. The guest speakers will be Missy McCall-Hammonds and Vena Jones-Cox, local investors who have more than 30 years combined experience. More information and directions at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiRIA.com. Checking on traffic right now. Accident 8100 block of Montgomery Road south of East Galbraith. 2400 block of Compton Road. An accident between Coogan and Zodiac. Also one on 1400 Guest Street downtown in the uh, west end between Dalton and Evans. Wires down there too. Uh, State Street at Wolfangle. An accident northbound 71 at the Norwood Lateral Merge. An accident. That earlier accident, the north 75 at Turfway. That's been cleaned up. All the lanes are reopened there. And an accident in Delhi in the 4800 block of Mayhew. It is uh, 17 minutes after 5 o'clock, and your forecast this evening, clear skies with a low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 72. Sunny again on Friday with a high around 80, and then a chance of rain on Saturday. Maple Knoll Home Health is proud to support programming on WMKV. Maple Knoll Home Health, a home care agency for older adults, specializes in maintaining the health and independence of its clients in their very own homes. More information on Maple Knoll Home Health is available at 513-782-2546. Once again, that is 513-782-2546. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, my call. My uh, guest today is Missy McCall-Hammonds, and... Um, I'm getting a message here pointing out that the call, that the uh, radio show is in fact at 5 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time because it's April instead of Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) Okay. It's at 5 o'clock in Cincinnati. All right. That's that's all I know. It's 5 o'clock in Cincinnati. Uh, We're talking today about how to run your business like a business. And we're also taking your calls with either tips on this process or questions about this process or 
whatever you like at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. You can send us an email at askvena, that's A-S-K-V-E-N-A at gmail.com. And uh, we are also, um, nope, that's all. That's all I got to say. I completely forgot. I completely spaced on the rest of it. Okay. So, <laughs> so Missy, the, um, the concept of running a real estate business like a franchise is just like so foreign to most real estate investors because they look around at what other people are doing and they're not doing it. They've got, they got their fingers in every deal themselves, every rental application themselves, every rehab themselves. How does one go about even starting to pick out the pieces that can be made into systems and then doing it? I mean, what is, what is that process like? Well, I think you first start with looking at your business and your organizational chart. And if you don't have an organiz- organizational chart, and most of us have one that says, me, 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 I, I am everything on it, then what you're doing is identifying each of the roles that you have in the business. And sometimes I feel like the mad hatter because when I first started my business, you know, I was the bookkeeper, I was the accountant, I was the financing manager, I was the rehabber, I was the painter. So you take each of those jobs and identify, you know, could I take a piece of that and make a system and then teach someone else how to do it? Um, by giving them the system, can you stop and kind of write down step by step what it takes to balance your checkbook, for example, or to rent an apartment if you're a landlord? And you know, when we rent property, we do the same thing over and over and over again. And most of us have at least a checklist so we don't forget things. If you put just a little more detail in that checklist, then you could probably hire someone either part-time or a virtual assistant to do that job for you then you have a little more free time. Mm-hmm. And the example you gave is, is a really good one because there, if you break it down in your mind to what has to happen to rent a unit, okay, well, let's see. First, we got to get it turned over, right? Got to get it cleaned up and maybe have a certain checklist for our contractors that says the, the windows have to be clean, double check the toilets and sinks and bathtubs because everybody looks in those, uh, make sure the refrigerator's clean, uh, et cetera. So there's, there's piece number one. And then piece number two is... It has to be advertised, and piece number three is somehow the potential the potential callers have to be dealt with, and and the units have to be shown, and then the goal of that is get an application, and then there's certain things we do to check out that application, and when that passes, then there's certain things we do at a lease signing, and when you when you break it down that way, it's not hard to see how you could take just a little part of it. Not not the whole thing, you know, you you don't want to go from like, it's all me doing it to having a full-time person in your office, but take a, take a little part of it like the, uh, the, 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 the tenant call, the potential tenant calls, and you say the same thing to the phone on them, to them every time, right? You say, yes, the two-bedroom apartment has two bedrooms, uh, it's at such and such location, here's how you get there, um, it's got hardwood floors, you know, whatever you're going to say what's to say you couldn't hire a friend who's at home all day to just take those calls and read that script? How much time would that save the average landlord in the average year not to be repeating the same thing to people over and over? Because you know and I know that nine people out of 10 that you talk to, they won't even go see the, the property. So it's kind of a waste of your time in a sense to talk to to everybody because what you're really waiting for is who's going to come see it. 
so there, that's that's just that's a great example of how you know to chunk it down, and and folk, folks can probably see that you know you could do the same thing with the application process. If you have a certain way that you check applications, someone else could do that. If you have a certain way that you advertise things, uh, Mitch Painter was on here last week saying he never does Craigslist ads anymore. He has a he has a virtual assistant who posts his Craigslist ads. So I think the key though to what you said is written down. Absolutely. They have to be written down because if it all lives in your head and you do hire someone and train them, what if it's a college kid and they go back to college this fall? Then you have to start training all over again. And I don't know about you, but when I first started hiring someone, I couldn't even hire them because I didn't have time to train them because (laughs) I was so busy. And what you want is to make a system so that anyone can pick it up and follow it, including someone that's a virtual assistant that may not live close by. So you have to make it very clear and plain. Then you don't have to repeat yourself if the staff that you hired has left. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like to see an example of one of these simple systems, you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. And uh, I'll just reply to it with with an attachment that has one of the kind of examples of a system that Missy's talking about, because these things do have to be detailed. You have to create them like someone who never knew anything ever about real estate was going to follow them. With pictures, you know, that's one of the, (laughs) we use a lot of pictures, especially with the computer. When we're teaching someone to do something on the computer, it's so much easier if they have a screenshot or a picture of what you're asking them to do, because then they know exactly what to do to make the same thing happen over and over and over again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, you you also made another uh, good point, because we run into people all the time who say, you know, I had a property manager, but it was it wasn't a good experience. Like they didn't they didn't do what I wanted them to do, and I ended up having to fire them, and I wasted all that time. And most of the time, when you get down to it, what they did was what you just said not to do, which is they trained the person. They sat them down in the office and they said, okay, first we do this, and then watch me do this for a week, and then you go do it, and then I'll watch you do it, and then I'll micromanage you, and I'll, you know, and then when that person, first of all, that person doesn't have any written instruction to go by, and secondly, when they leave, you're starting from scratch. It, it, you, you did waste your time when you train that way. Uh, so yeah, systems systems are especially especially crucial. And again, written systems, not systems that are in your head. Seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight are our numbers here in the studio. Uh, you can also send an email with any questions to askvina at gmail dot com if what you're looking for is a one of these systems. Just uh, Say so in the subject line. Say, I want the system. And uh, we will turn around and, and send you back one so that you uh, know exactly what it is we're talking about. Now, Missy, you have applied this in your own business. Absolutely. A lot. Um, I think we just lost your microphone. I heard something go buzz, and then I didn't hear you when you talked. Try again. Okay. Huh. <laughs> we've, we've lost Missy's microphone. Um, yeah, probably the... That's why we have a spare. 1950s Russian technology here in the studio. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm back. I'm kidding. This is a spectacularly decked out studio. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about about who works within your business on these systems. Who 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 are your key people? I have a bookkeeper because uh, bookkeeping is my least favorite activity on earth, followed up very quickly by tax preparation, which we also have someone that does that 
within our office, and and then we our big tax returns we send to the accountant, so to speak. Um, I have someone that is a property manager, and that person follows our property management systems by screening the tenants, um, following our requirements for renting our units. And we also have a person that does all of our advertising um, to get those units ready to go. We have uh, what we call our prep crews, so when a unit is vacated, the crew follows a system for checking through the, the property to make sure it's ready for the next group of tenants. And then we have our rehab systems uh, and rehab crews that uh, basically follow our systems to go in and make a property ready to be inhabited again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I, I want to make it clear because one of the things that we do hear a lot of talk about is is like team building, like you're supposed to go out and get get a property manager who does not actually work for you, but in fact works for dozens of different people and runs their own systems. And what you're talking about here is is not that sort of, quote, team member that's like they they run their own business and happen to serve you. You're talking about people who they're in your office. I'm not the rehab crew, of course, but they're in your office and they are, they are running your systems, not their own. Absolutely. They have to run my systems because uh, we have 350 units that we manage inside of my office, and I want things to be done very consistently. And um, so they actually use my systems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, uh, again, you know, when you talk to real estate investors about why are you working 80 hours a week and doing everything, one of the things they say is, well, no one else will do it my way. <laughs> you know, I hired the property manager from the property management company and they weren't screening the tenants the way I would want to screen them. That's because they're not running your systems. They're running their own systems. So what you got a property manager, you got a rehab crew, you got a turnover crew, you got a bookkeeper, you got a you got a tax person. What do you do? I like to buy houses. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite job. And I think that goes back to when you have systems, you can do your favorite jobs. I love looking at houses and picking them out and, and um, finding the people that will work with me as, as investors to finance those houses and basically oversight of everything. So I can kind of as they say, go upstairs on the mountain and look down to make sure all of the systems are being ran properly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So effectively, by having these systems in place and the people to run them, you can focus full time on what a lot of people think is the most important part of the business, which is deal finding, and of course, in this market, financing, while everything else kind of kind of kind of runs is there is there any possibility that if you did not have these other folks doing things that you could you could have done the level of business that you have done. Absolutely not. I can barely do it with when one of them decides to change positions. <laughs> Again, I mean, a rehab a week and 350 rentals, uh, one one person can't do that, even with a Wonder Woman costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hear a lot about the self-made millionaire, but let's face it, there's no such thing. <laughs> Everybody is a team-made millionaire one way or another. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Our phone number's here in the studio with your business-related questions are 772-9658 or 877-772-9658, or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from PNC Pavilion, presenting legendary artist Tony Bennett, live in concert at PNC Pavilion on Friday, May 14th at 8 p.m. 
Tickets are now available at all Ticketmaster locations and at Ticketmaster.com. Checking on traffic right now. We have an accident in the 2400 block of Compton Road between Coogan and Zodiac. Accident in Delhi in the 4800 block of Mayhew. Also stated Wolf Angle, an accident and in the 1400 block of Guest Street between Dalton and Evans. Accident with wires down in the roadway. Among the slow spots, northbound 71 at Dana, northbound 75 off and on out of downtown through Paddock, and then GE to 275. South 75 slows up between Galbraith and Paddock and Ezra Charles and the Brent Spence Bridge. Weather forecast this evening, clear skies. Tonight's low around 38 degrees, so you might not have to cover anything this evening. Uh, mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 72. Sunny with a high of around 80 on Friday, and then a chance of rain on Saturday. WMKV thanks our many corporate supporters who help to underwrite the programs on this station. These companies help to augment the membership support of this one-of-a-kind public radio station. When you visit any of our underwriters, please let them know that you appreciate their support of WMKV. It means a great deal to them and to WMKV to know that their support is indeed appreciated. To find out more about supporting WMKV, you can reach us at 513-782-2427 or online at wmkvfm.org. And thank you. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Missy McCall-Hammonds. And as you probably heard a little bit earlier, Missy and I will be doing a full 90-minute presentation on the same topic at Cincinnati RIA a week from tomorrow, Thursday, May the 6th. Uh, if you'd like to hear more and actually see some of these systems and so on, uh, you are invited to join us there. It is uh, a guest night, so all guests can attend free, and you can get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. Now, Missy, there is there is more to running a business than having systems. I, in, in a sense, that is probably the most important thing, because without them, you can't hire people to take some of this work off of you. But there there are some other things that you feel very, very strongly that real estate investors should have that most of them don't, and one of them is a business plan. First, talk about what you mean by business plan, and secondly, why it is that you think people need to have them. Well, a business plan is kind of um, your map of what you're going to do with this thing that you've started to develop. A business plan includes a vision and mission statement that gives your staff and yourself a direction to follow um, and what the goal of your business is. And then the rest of your business plan goes through and outlines uh, what your environment is, who your target customers are, what it actually identifies what your business is. Mm -hmm. Secondly, Oh, the second question. Second, question. second part of the question. Usually the look she's giving me. <laughs> it was a blonde look. <laughs> um, the, second, the second part of the question was, I mean, given that most real estate investors manage to operate without one, I mean, they, they, have, they have goals lists. And I say they like, this was never me, right? <laughs> five, five years ago, I had a goals list, but no business plan. And like no one I knew had a business plan and uh, no one was telling me from the front of a speaking room to have a business plan. And unlike other businesses, I don't need a business plan to get financing. 
And that's because most banks give us money based on the value of the property, not our plan of how our business is going to operate. And a business plan is basically your map of how you're going to move from uh, looking at a house to buying it and what you're going to do with it after you do that, uh, what your target areas are. But most businesses, most real estate investors don't have them because gurus don't say have a business plan that will be your roadmap. Uh, they say have goals, buy 10 houses this year. Mm-hmm. So we're not really taught from the front of the room that it's important, but it's really critical to your wealth because in today's market, I mean, there are shiny stars everywhere. Um, if you read the newspaper or check online, you know, everyone's trying to sell you a different way to buy real estate, uh, whether it's wholesaling or retailing and, you know, apartment buildings or hotels or tax liens or uh, mobile homes or (laughs) everything's on sale right now cheaper than it's ever been Uh, but if you don't have a business plan or a map to guide you then you're going to chase shiny stars and not be as successful Um, because shiny stars will steal your time and then not always generate dollars, which is what you need to stay in business today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and one of the one of the pieces of a business plan, since most real estate investors haven't actually written one, they may have not actually seen what one looks like, uh, is that is a, a real hard look at the demographics of your area. And that was a big surprise to me. Like, like I had been in business for 15 years before I did a business plan. And it said I had to answer the question about, like, uh, how many people were there in the area and how many of them were renters and how many of them were buyers and what was the median house price. And when I did all that, it was actually very revealing about what my strategy ought to be. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to sell a home, if you want to fix up houses and, and resell them, then what you need to look at is the median prices of homes. Well, I always wanted to buy $200,000 homes or $50,000 homes. And come to find out when I wrote my business plan, the median sales price of homes in Butler County is about $127,000. So if I want to sell houses in Butler County, I probably should target them to sell in that area because that's where most people are buying. The other thing that I discovered in Butler County was that 60% of the people actually own their home versus Cincinnati where 60% of the people rent their homes. And um, it'll help you target your marketplace for where you should rent homes versus sell homes if you know what the demographics actually are in your area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's I, I know that, that creating business plans has, has actually changed a lot of people's focus as they have done it. Because you, know, you run into people who say, oh, I want to wholesale houses. I live in an area where the average house price is $600,000. Everyone owns their home. And frankly, there aren't that many junkers. So once they once they look at that, you know, once they look at those numbers, uh, they decide that something like retailing might be better. Where you you know you take a take a six hundred thousand dollar house that has been lived in for twenty five years without an update, buy it for four hundred, put a hundred in it, and make a hundred thousand. So really, just that information that you get from creating the business plan, in my mind, makes it well worth doing. The other thing. Uh, that that you have that a lot of real estate investors don't have is a budget for the business. Not personally, you know, not like, okay, I'm going to spend this much on on groceries and and so on. Um, Why did you decide to do that? Because I know, again, most real estate investors don't 
have such a thing? And, and what sort of things does that apply to? We have budgets for everything. Um, for example, our rental property, we started budgeting how many vacancies we would have because, you know, when I first started in this business, I budgeted when I bought a property that it would be occupied all the time. <laughs> I think I was very optimistic. <laughs> and uh, what I found is that's not always true. <laughs> so I had to start counting the number of days that our properties might be vacant to then figure out how much money I could anticipate receiving each month because it was kind of important to pay the banks back when they loaned me money on those properties. Mm -hmm. And when I'm retailing a property and I purchase it, I budget the amount of repairs that are going to go into that property so that at the end of the day when I sell it, uh, I get a check back. I don't have to take a check. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so budgeting became very important in our business. And it was um, an administrative budget because uh, we like to pay ourselves um, the rental budget, the rehab budget, and then how much we were planning to make each year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And some of what you're talking about here is is what we call key performance indicators and key financial indicators, which again, every other business in the world has, and ours doesn't, <laughs> because we are just not taught to do these things. Um, your example of days on market for a rental is a great example of a key performance indicator. If you track how long on average do my houses really stay on the market, then you have a basis to say, all right, I want them to be on the market less less time, and so I'm going to try these different things. I'm going to try a different kind of advertising. I'm going to try a different paint color on the walls that I think might be more attractive. I'm going to try uh, putting more signs up around the neighborhood. But you don't actually know if that's working unless you have the number to start with. What you count counts. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a boss that used to say that to me all the time, and I really didn't like him. But it's true. What you count counts. And you, we go back to that days on market example. We count uh, from the time a property is empty to the day that it's ready to go on the market. That's one key performance indicator. The second key performance indicator is then from the day it goes on the market to the day it's occupied. And it was really amazing to me um, when we first started counting from the day of vacancy to the day it was rent ready is what we call that. Um, it was an average of about 30 days. And we were still getting the cheapest painter out there to paint our houses. Well, when we changed our goal of our key performance indicator to have that house back on the market within seven days, what we found was we could hire the most expensive painter because we're 40 or, you know, 15, 30 days ahead of where we were before by uh, getting the unit back on the market faster. Mm -hmm. and, and, and another way to look at that same number that you just said is, is as a key financial indicator, what are you losing each day that a house does not get rented. And that's that's a shocking number when you well, first add it up. When it's a $300 a month rental, it's only $10 a day. <laughs> when it's a $2,000 a month rental, well, do that math. It's not quite as pretty. And we count how many dollars we lose per day for all of our, our rentals mm -hmm. and work to improve that every day. Because once you set that indicator, improving it becomes the goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and and all this whole exercise that you did in in doing the empty to rent ready and rent ready to on the market uh, came as a result, as it does with a lot of uh, 
investors who finally get around to doing this uh, of a fire you had you had all of a sudden a, a period where you had like I, I don't remember what the number was but there was a huge number of vacancies i remember you you'd, you'd come in and you're, oh my gosh it's like 48 vacancies or something and that was when that was when you turned around and, and focused on it and said how do we what's the problem and how do we fix it and i think that's the way most people react is they're 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 putting out fires rather than thinking of this ahead of time which is what we're trying to get them to do now exactly think in advance of what are the key performance indicators in your business that will help you be successful. For us, absolutely, days on market are is a key performance in, indicator in the rental business. Mm-hmm. So is how long it takes you to process an application. I mean, we live in the McDonald's world where they count the number of seconds from the time you say, I want a hamburger to the time they hand it to you, seconds, I mean, then we took that and, and then applied it to how long it takes us to process an application. And our our office policy is that we process an application within 24 hours of receipt 100% of the time. We tell the, t- the potential tenant yes or no. Before then, it could have taken us a week to get back with them uh, based on searching out all that information. We knew everything about the potential tenant we could possibly know, but a week later, they've already rented someone else's property. Mm-hmm. If they're any good, if they're terrible, they're, they still they still need a house. <laughs> well, it's because they haven't been just they haven't been set out from the eviction yet. <laughs> um, we have a very good question here via email from Janie, who's here in Cincinnati. You can email your questions in, by the way, at askvina at gmail dot com. Janie says, "I understand the value of the key performance indicators and key financial indicators, but how do I know which ones are act- actually important?" I know from my previous job that this can get into the ridiculous where you're tracking things that don't really matter. What's really important in a real estate business? I have 70 bank accounts, and one of my key performance indicators is to know the balance in those at all times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In the rental market, it's days on market because when the unit is vacant, you're not getting paid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I split those up into two areas because basically responding to them is two different parts of our business. And and that's why there's from vacancy to rent ready and then rent ready to rented because those are two different systems within our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things that we measure on the rehab side is how long it takes us to do a rehab and what that budget cost is, is that we're on budget and we're on target for how many days that we think that rehab is going to take. Again, because, you know, every day that a property sits vacant, it's not generating income, it's costing money. So we're looking at our costs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's there's probably a lot of out-of-business rehabbers from uh, just prior to the subprime market crash who, if they had been watching their key performance indicators, uh in other words, days on the market for my rehab, maybe wouldn't have been in so much, in as much trouble as they were. So, Janie, those are some good examples. Uh, other ones would be things like a percent of rent collected over the course of a year. Uh, if you're not collecting pretty close to 100% of, of your rent, it's because you are not doing things like garnishing people who don't pay you. Uh, you're, you're, you're letting people go too often because they have a sad story. You're not collecting your late fees, uh, et cetera. And I know in my business, uh, the, the marketing key performance indicators are very important. How many postcards did we send out and how many calls did we get? And that would be true for each individual campaign because, you know, we have history on this. We know how often, how, how many calls we should be getting from letter number, you know, letter X. And if that drops off all of a sudden, 
it probably means that either something's gone wrong with our list or that the person who's responsible for sending out the marketing isn't doing it. And uh, those are those are always, again, not just to track what's going on in your business, but what's going on with this team that you're ultimately going to develop. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or at askmina at gmail.com. Support on WMKV comes from Service Magic. Service Magic is an online resource that connects homeowners to pre-screened remodelers, maids, plumbers, handymen, painters, and hundreds of other home improvement categories at cincinnati.servicemagic.com. Now there's a way to find a licensed and insured home pro for your project. Cincinnati.servicemagic.com. Checking on traffic right now, suddenly a little flurry of accidents. Accident Ridge at Calvert. Ridge at Calvert, also Central Avenue at Pete Rose Way, an accident. West Galbraith at Mockingbird, an accident. On the westbound side of the Western Hills Viaduct, that's the upper deck, uh, the end of the ramp from northbound 75 on the right side, there is an accident. Uh, northbound 75 at the Lachland exit, an accident on the right shoulder. And uh, let's see, 2400 block of Compton between Coogan and Zodiac. 1400 block of Guest Street between Dalton and Evans, wires down. 4800 block of Mayhew and Delhi and State at Wolfangle. Your forecast tonight clear skies, a low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow sunny with a high of 72. And then on Friday, mostly sunny, a high around 80. Saturday, a high of 75, but with that will come a 60% chance of rain. 60% chance of rain also on Sunday. Right now, we're in uh, right around 67 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Our topic today is how to run your business like a business. And we're throwing around all kinds of terms that you've just never heard before at your real estate association, in your seminars, etc. Because um, there, it's just not done in real estate. And that's one of the reasons I think that real estate investors are viewed by the general public as being hobbyists or, uh, you know, folks who folks who aren't really in a business, they're really, you know, swinging a hammer or doing, I don't know, just work. Okay. And uh, this is important stuff. And we've got a couple of emails that just came in at askvina at gmail.com. This one is from Nick in Covington. He says, Actually, I used to own a small business, so the first thing I did when I decided to get into a real estate business was sit down to write a business plan. However, I got frustrated when it came to the one, three, and five-year income projections. I've never done a deal. What is a reasonable projection for a new business? And yeah, that is part of, of almost any business plan you see is you're expected to say in one year we would be doing this level of business in three years, we'd be making this much, and in five years, we'd be making this much. Any advice for Nick? Well, it depends on which area of the business that he goes into, um, whether it's rentals or rehabs. I mean, if you want to make um, $1,000 a month and your rental profit is $100 a month, then your goal, your business plan would include owning 10 rental properties to generate that income, or maybe 12 because you're going to have some vacancies and repairs. So I think you're going to first pick your number that you want to hit and then go in reverse to get to it. Um, If you want to make $100,000 in rehabs, your average rehab is a $10,000 profit, then you want 10 
your your business plan would then include doing 10 rehabs. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be doing wholesales, I mean, you, <laughs> again, you're going to pick your final number and then kind of work your way backwards into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I understand your frustration, Nick, because it's not like you can go online and find out what real estate investors make. You can, like, if, if you want to know what a what a medical receptionist makes, you can go online and there's like all sorts of like they make this much in Colorado and this much in Cincinnati. You can't do that for a real estate investor. And you're not always sure you can trust what people are telling you when you walk up to somebody in a group and say, so how much did you make last year at wholesaling properties? So, you know, I think I think Missy's exactly right. As as much as you would love to have a firm number, it's really what's your goal and then back into it. And remember, business plans get reviewed yearly. It's not a static document that you you set, you set 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 it out, write it down, stick it in your drawer, and never look at it again. Uh, it's important to go back and and see did you hit that income projection for one, three, and five years? If you did, do you need to raise it? If you hit your one year plus sum, do you need to raise the three year? And if you didn't, what happened? Uh, we have another question here from Laura, who is from some identif unidentified city in Colorado. She says, where did you get the information on how many people rent and how many people buy in your area? The Census Bureau. And if you go to, I think it's census.gov, or just go to Google and do a search, or one of your search engines, um, the Census Bureau publishes those statistics for your by county and even by city. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times your economic development department in your county or city will also have statistics that are very helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the internet's wonder a wonderful thing. <laughs> you can find out find out that information uh, fairly easily, even like down to the zip code. Yes. Like you find how many how many people in a particular neighborhood rent versus own, which again is valuable information because if your strategy is I want to lease option properties, you probably ought to do it in zip codes where people are actually buying houses. Otherwise, you don't have a lease option. You have a rental property. Uh, we've got time for maybe one or two more quick questions at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, we have a question here from Jason, who is in the Atlanta area. He says, and, and this one's directed toward you, Missy, I assume, because you um, uh, were addressing the, the issue of your staffing. He, he says, how do you find someone who understands bookkeeping for a real estate business versus the folks who just know how to balance a checkbook? Because it is different. You know, you got interest expenses and, and depreciation and all sorts of things. Well, I think the key is to have your system set up to show them. I mean, you're doing your books now, obviously. And if you go through and create systems for their data entry, all of them know income and expense. Um, we have a detailed system on how to enter a HUD when we purchase or sell a property uh, because that's one of the things they're not very good at. But um, when you're hiring, we ask that they know QuickBooks, which is the system that we use. And then we... Um, when you're interviewing them, asking them if they understand classes, because that's the one thing that they're they're not familiar with. And then having templates for how to enter the different things that go on in your business, like rental income, sale income. Um, we have systems that go through how to enter each of those very briefly, just because they're usually pretty familiar with the basic concepts. You just have to give them a little more detail. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a big mistake to be thinking along the lines of how do I find somebody who already knows how to do this? Because number one, they could have been trained wrong. <laughs> yeah. they've, got their own, they've got their own way of doing things and that's not what you're looking for. Number two, finding somebody who's already a specialist is usually a whole lot more expensive than finding someone who knows how to keep books and then handing them a, a, a book full of systems that say, here's how you keep my books. <laughs> and so, uh, Jason, you ought, to, you ought to really think about, think along the, the lines of you're doing your books, you create the systems, then you hand them to somebody who knows how to use the basic system and let them do it. Uh, another question from Jason. He says, Missy, are, is your contracting crew actually, according to the IRS, independent contractors or are they employees? Our rehab crews are absolutely independent contractors by the IRS's rules. They have their own tools. They set their own hours. We bid the jobs. Um, and when they're done, they bill us and we pay them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, Jason, you're going to find that, that, that that's true with that kind of employee amongst pretty much all real estate investors because most real estate investors have found that having that kind of contractor on salary and then not being there in the jo- in the on the job site to make sure that they're getting the work done i don't know tends to slow down the work yeah there's not much incentive for them to get the work done any faster when they're paid by the hour uh, i would highly suggest that your con that you have exactly that contractors that bid by the job um, to do the job, not pay them by the hour because they just work a lot faster when you pay them by the job. Mm-hmm. So they can move on to the next job and get paid again. So thank you very much for all your great questions, folks. And thanks to my guest, Missy McCall Hammonds. Again, if you're going to be in the Cincinnati area a week from Thursday on May the 6th, you can come see us at the RIA of Greater Cincinnati monthly meeting. The early meeting is all about uh, basic asset protection concepts with attorney James Flax. And then the main meeting is about how to run your business like a business with even more examples and great stuff. So uh, again, more information about that at CincinnatiRIA.com. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Live the memories and love the memories. And remember the old days, whether it was with your parents or by yourself, come tune in to 89.3.